0: Luke 23, in verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, And the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews." One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. The other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Open our hearts to it. Give us grace to receive it tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about the grace of the cross. The grace of the cross. A cross is an upright wooden post on which condemned people were executed. This was something that was very common in this day. It was not uncommon uh, to have a crucifixion. I believe during this day there was about thirty to 40,000 different crucifixions that took place in this manner. They led them out of town into the place of the skull, a place called Golgotha. I have been to that place and you can definitely see the skull imprinted on the side of that mountain and that's why they called it the place of the skull. This is something that has happened many, many times. This is something that has been done on a yearly basis. Uh, This was done throughout the years to keep down the thieves, to keep down the murderers. Uh, Even the Jews were still under the Levitical law. Uh, There was uh, law, if you stole something, that there was things to be done to you. If you murdered a man, you were to lose your life. And it was an eye for an eye. It was a tooth for a tooth. And this was the kind of law that they lived under. The Romans enforced it. The Romans loved it. Uh, The Romans loved to do this to enforce the rules. Uh, The Bible said in Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It's amazing to me that one of the worst places on the face of the earth where 30 something thousand men have lost their life, there on that same mountain that so many were condemned and crucified, that very same place, shown down the grace of God in in one of the greatest ways than it's ever been shown before. And I know at the cross that we see a lot of blood, we see a lot of gore, we see a lot of things that sometimes we don't want to look at, we don't want to see. But may I tell you on these three crosses that were sitting there at Calvary, we can see the grace of an Almighty God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. I want you to know what God has done for you is not because you deserve it, it's not because you've earned it, but because God loves you enough to give you and offer this for you. That's grace. It's getting something you don't deserve. And Golgotha was all about getting what you deserve. But there that day, Golgotha took a turn that is never seen before. And for the very first time in all of humanity, the grace of God shone down upon that Horrible, terrible place. And the grace was seen on these three crosses. In in Matthew 27, it said that these two men that were with Christ were thieves. Most of the time... These that were crucified because they were thieves were because they used violence to rob openly. A lot of times they would kill people murder people in order to get their possessions. These two men that hung there on these crosses with our Lord and Savior deserved to die. They were caught. They, they were paying the, the, the penalty of breaking the law of man. Okay? These men deserved to die. But yet we still see the grace of an Almighty God. Number one, notice the cross that rejected the grace of God. Notice in verse 39, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself in us. A man that was found guilty of breaking the law of the land. This was a man that was found guilty. Uh, There was no doubt that he broke this law. There was no doubt that he had done wrong. This man deserved to be where he was. I want you to know, if if you've ever been to a prison, and I've been there several times preaching, most of them say, I don't deserve to be here. (laughs) That man on the cross deserved to be on the cross. He broke the law of the land. But not only did he break the law of the land, but he has broken the law of God. And I want you to know that before the law of the land is the law of God. Amen? And that's the law in which we need to follow. That is the law in which we need to apply ourselves to. And understand that if you have broken God's law, that there must be a penalty for breaking that law. Just as if you go out and you speed, you're going uh, 58 and a 45, I don't know who would do that bull. But if you did that and you got a speeding ticket. That was me. Y'all know it wasn't bull. Bull wouldn't drive that fast. That was me. And I never in my life got a speeding ticket. And the guy said, man, I'm so sorry. I said, hey, I deserved it. I did wrong. And to sit up here and say that I'm perfect and I've never done wrong would be a lie tonight. And at the end of the day, we've all done wrong. And that man that laid there on that cross had done wrong. And he deserved to die. He deserved to pay for the the punishment of his sin and his wrongdoing. I want you to know that day that man was paying the penalty of his sin. He was paying the penalty of that wrongdoing there. But understand, the grace of God shone down upon that cross. May I tell you that God would have saved that man that day? God would have saved his soul, but he rejected the grace of God. Notice what he said in verse 39. One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself in us. Clearly this man was mocking Christ. This to me reveals the hardness of this man's heart. Here he is at at death. He knew he was fixing to die. Here he was. And he was so hard-hearted that he was mocking the only one that could save him. He was so hard-hearted in all that he was doing, that there was only one on earth that could have saved him, and it was Jesus Christ. And he mocked him, and he denied him. I want you to know that that man could have been saved that day, but he desired to reject the grace of God. He mocked Christ. He rejected the Lord. I want you to know that God would have saved his soul that day if his heart would have melted. But his heart was so hard that even on his in his final breath, he mocked and ridiculed the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been in that place of a lost person. Were you ever seeing that heart when they die? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of a saint. That's what we want to see. You don't ever want to see a lost man die. It is an agonizing death. And this man was dying an agonizing death. And he mocked the only one that could have stopped it, that could have rescued him, that could have saved his soul. May I tell you that God is not there for us to mop, but He's there for us to receive. God wanted to save this man, but this man was so hard-hearted that he rejected the grace of God. As we said this morning, hell is full of people. Hell is full of people, but God, He reached out that arm of grace to everyone that's in hell today. Do you realize that every person that's in hell had to walk through the grace of God to get there? May I tell you, if you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to stumble over the cross to get there. You're going to have to go through uh, the grace and the love of God. The cross that rejected the grace. Notice what he said in verse 40. He said, "Does Does thou not fear God? Do you not fear God? This man was mocking God. He said, Don't you fear Him? Here he is at death, and he's laughing and mocking the Son of God. Don't you fear Him? I'm telling you, there's some people that don't fear anybody, especially the Lord. May I tell you, we need to fear God. It would do us well to fear the judgment of the Lord. Notice what he said in verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss.' Notice the, the cross that requested the grace of God. The first one rejected it. Now this one's requesting the grace of God. This is also a man that was found guilty of robbery and possibly even murder. But this man, at the, at the end of his life, he had done wrong. He was paying his price. But he understood that day that he was a sinner. And he realized that he deserved the punishment of his sin. He realized, notice what it said right there. Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And then he says, but this man had done nothing amiss. He said, this man that is dying beside us has done nothing wrong. Here we are dying, and we deserve to die. This man understood what was going on. He understood that those two men deserved to die, but the one in the middle didn't deserve to die. And this man knew that he had done nothing wrong. This man was omitting the deity of Christ. He was admitting that Christ had done nothing wrong in his life, that he was laying there as the perfect Lamb of God without spot or without blemish. He understood that day as he laid there beside the Son of the living God. He laid there on that cross and looked and he said, this man has done nothing wrong. That's a strong, bold statement. Here he is dying the death of a murderer and a robber. And there was Jesus in the middle being magnified before all of the city. And this great proclamation that this man called out and he cried out, this man had done nothing wrong. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I love when he says, Jesus Lord... Jesus Lord. this There was one man that rejected, but another man requested this grace. And there he was at the end of his life, fixing to die, fixing to go to hell. Fixing to go to hell. And he proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Lord, would you remember me? Lord, would you remember me? May I tell you, There's only one that can save you, and it's Jesus Christ. We need the grace of God in our life. That man was dying. He deserved to die. But he also understood that Jesus didn't deserve to die. And I believe he knew with all of his heart that Jesus was paying for his sin death, that he was doing for him what he couldn't do for himself. Man, what a beautiful picture of grace. And this man had done a life of wrong. Of wrongdoing, and at the very end of his life, he finally got to see Jesus, and he finally trusted in the Lord. I'll never forget an old man in Wells Nursing Home in Wells, Texas. I've told this story before, but every Sunday I'd preach, and this man would come through, and is in his wheelchair, and he'd be with them feet, and he'd come right in the middle of us when I'm preaching. Sometimes he'd start shouting. Sometimes he'd start hollering. Sometimes he'd start singing. Anything to interrupt me. (laughs) That man was there to be a thorn in my flesh. I know it. And for six months, this man did this. Every time I was there, I would start preaching. Here he comes. I'd just roll my eyes, you know. Man, what do we do? You just keep on. About six months after that, one day, he didn't do it. I thought, well, my goodness, he must be sick or something. But he was sitting over there listening. I went over there afterwards and a woman said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. And any time I ever talked to anybody, this man always interrupted. And so I was sitting here talking to her and here he comes. And he said, Preacher, I said, hey, I ain't got time today. I said, I'm trying to talk to this lady. And he said, I don't care, you come here. And I said, no. I said, I'm trying to talk to this. This man had aggravated me for six months. And I said, no, you're not doing it today. He said, yes, I am, because I need to be saved. And that man got saved. That was on a Sunday. This man was 80-something years old. He died the next Tuesday. The very end of his life. And he finally got to see the Lord. And the Lord opened up his heart and praised God. He accepted it. The grace was shown in his life. I don't know how many times the grace of God was shown in his life, but he finally received it. I don't know how many times the grace of God has been shown in your life, but you need to receive it tonight. You need to accept it. You need to apply it. Now notice this. In verse 43, Jesus said unto him, Verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now notice the cross that represented the grace of God. (laughs) The cross in the middle. The one who didn't do anything wrong. The one who didn't deserve to die. The one who was there for the sins of the world. The one who was there for me. And the one that was there for you. The one that God prophesied and told of in the Garden of Eden. When He said the seed of woman would come and bruise uh, the head of the serpent. That very Christ was there that day dying. And oh, as you go back to the story of Ruth and you think of the kinsman redeemer, there that man in the middle laid as the kinsman redeemer. As Job prayed in all of his conflict, in all of his distress, and with boils all over and sores all over, nobody would talk to him. Everybody rejected him. He said, for I know that my redeemer lives." before he was ever born the first time, he knew that his Redeemer would live. There that day, the Redeemer of Job laid on that cross an innocent man, David prophesied of him. I want you to know the Old Testament prophets preached him. I want you to know that from Genesis to Malachi it was prophesied and preached that one day a man would come and live above every other man. This wouldn't be no ordinary man, but this would be a God man. And that God man one day would set his face to go towards Jerusalem. And I want you to know that in his life, he had one mission in mine and it was you and it was me and there he laid that day in the cross in the middle as i see the cross that rejected and i see the the cross that requested bless god i see the cross that represented the grace of an almighty god of all the bad that was on that hill i see the good right there in the center and there laid the son of god spotless without flaw, without error. I want you to know He laid there's the Lamb of God, sacrificed with the blood running down. And bless God, when that blood started running down, the veil in the temple was rent. Hello! (laughs) Amen. The veil in the temple was rent. There was no more need for any high priest to go into the Holy of Holies because the Lamb of God had just spilled enough blood for every sinner in all of the world. And not another lamb was going to have to be slain. Not another bullet was going to have to be offered because the perfect Lamb of God just offered up the perfect sacrifice for sin. And Isaiah 53 said that God looked down on that cross and he. He said He was satisfied. He was satisfied. He was satisfied. And there that day in all of His glory, He'd done nothing but love them. And there they were crucifying them. And one of the greatest cries from the cross is, Father, forgive them. But the second greatest cry from the cross is, Verily I say unto thee today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. As our Savior was going out, He said, I'm going to save another one. (laughs) And on His way out, and by the way, He wasn't out very long. Hello. On His way out, He said, let me save another one. Ain't that precious? That Jesus, as He was being humiliated, had enough time to save one more. Oh, aren't you glad? (laughs) That God has enough time to save one more. Aren't you glad that that grace has been shown down in your life? That cross in the middle makes the difference. I want you to know, you're not going to go to heaven without Him. You're not going to go to heaven without Him. I said it this morning, and I'm going to say it again. Religion will not take you to heaven. Only a relationship with Jesus will. And as we approach this table and we're reminded of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, would you be humbled tonight? Child of God, be humbled. The cross ought to still move you. The cross ought to still rip your heart out and convict you. Lost person, you don't understand all this. But Jesus did this because He loves you. And He wasn't willing that any perish he don't want you to perish tonight, but He wants you to be saved. Let's stand. Brother Norman, let's prepare for a hymn of invitation. And while we prepare for this hymn, these altars are open. We're going to take the Lord's Supper tonight. We must prepare our hearts before we enter this table. Make sure that we're not eating drinking unworthily of this. Make sure that if there's anything in that life that you ask for forgiveness of those sins, and aren't you glad He's faithful And just to forgive us of our sins. Would you request that grace tonight?